Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. All right, here we go. Welcome to The Real Deal On with Doug. Today's episode is brought to you by GuidedHypnotic.com. That's GuidedHypnotic.com to get your free download of a guided hypnotic meditation. Tom Martin, president of Tom Martin Media, LLC. For more than 30 years, Tom Martin has worked closely with many of the world's most respected thought leaders, authors, and innovators, starting starring with a 20-year career in television news producer for ABC News, CBS News, CNN, and NBC News, covering stories ranging from politics to entertainment. Tom covered the White House for public television's nightly business report and the aftermath of the 9-11 tragedy for ABC's Good Morning America. For CBS Sunday Morning, profiled dozens of musicians, artists, and political leaders. At CNN, Tom created a biographical series featuring individuals at the top of his work range from medical stories for ABC News to profiles of famous individuals including Paul McCartney, Tony Robbins, and George Soros. Moving into the PR realm, Tom led campaigns for Fortune 100 companies and provided media training to numerous thought leaders and business CEOs. His clients have been featured on NBC's Today Show, Oprah, and Bloomberg Television, and in publications including the Wall Street Journal and Inc. Magazine. With CBS News anchor Jane Pauley, Tom serves on the advisory board of the national nonprofit Children's Health Fund, which provides medical care to children living in poverty. Tom lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Wow, well, that was, that was awesome. fun. Awesome, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask if you could travel with me, but these days I could just carry you on my phone. And so like, there you Dug. go. Play the recording. Or, 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 or now I can play the recording. That's yeah. Right. So thank uh, you. I, I, love it, brother. So first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to hang with us and share your wisdom. We've known each other for, it's got to be over 20 years. I know. Um, it's been a long time. We've come a long way together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you are by far, you know, one of the nicest, warmest, heartfelt guys. I know you do everything with, with heart, with passion. Uh, I, I thank you so much because every once in a while I'll call you up and be like, hey, dude, can you just, you know, give me a couple pointers here? I don't know what I'm doing. And you've always well, been I love, so graceful with love that. love what you're doing. I, you're, I love, love how you're, you know, it's funny. I don't mean to start talking about myself. Well, no, you should. Like That's why you're seconds. here. <laughs> but, I, but uh, you know, when I speak to, to groups, whether it's live, usually it's live groups, but sometimes in interviews, I'll say, you know, a few years ago, a graphic artist asked me for a tagline, like my business card needed the tagline. So it just popped into my brain, connect, communicate, change the world. And what I love about, you know, so those are the kind of PR projects that I love to get involved with stories that I like to tell people I'd like to support. So what I love about you, sir, is, you know, that you focus your career on really making a difference in people's lives. And so I sort of can live vicariously. That's, that's part of why I love the work that I do is that like, oh, if people are helping, you know, the children with their medical needs or whatever the case may be, um, overcoming addiction and stuff like that. Well, the truth um, is you're not living vicariously. You are 100% supporting and, <laughs> and on the team. 
Like it's not. Thank you. It feels good. I do feel like I'm on the team. That I like that feeling. That's right. Yeah, hundred percent. So share a little bit about you. you, Sweet. When we were chatting a little bit earlier, you you started to talk about how you got into PR in the first place. And one of the themes of this show, The Real Deal On, is to help people think in possibility thinking, that they don't have to be locked into a paradigm, that it's okay to change. And sometimes we have a belief about who we are, what's possible, and that keeps us stuck. Um, and you started to share a little bit on how you were maybe not necessarily choosing the uh, the the freedom that you were given. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with exactly. that. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So as they say, as the, as you musicians say, I'll riff on that for yeah. a few minutes here. <laughs> so so um, yes. No, it's interesting. In uh, in college, and I'm thinking about college because my daughter Lindsay's at home. She just graduated from Georgetown University two weeks ago online, one of the online commencement programs that are going around at the moment. And my son, Eric, is now a college freshman, also down in D.C. They came home from both came home from D.C. a couple months early because of what's going on in the world. But when, way, when I was in college way back, you know, in the Mesozoic era, I used to study, uh, study uh, I was majored in philosophy. Talk about a useful, useful, uh, it's like trade, trade, like I could put my shingle out, philosopher, you know, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, I made, but I began to focus in uh, medical philosophy. And basically what that is, is paradigm shifts, because anyone who has ever watched Saturday Night Live for years ago remembers the bloodletting and healing, mm-hmm. you know, now we're healing with herbs. It's like, wow, that really works. Right? Amazing. But uh, the leeches are they in or out now? (laughs) I've got some in my back. Yeah, we're bringing them back. I know. (laughs) So, um, so paradigm shifts exactly in medicine, in astronomy. They used, you know, when you know between Copernicus and Galileo, they like would burn people at the stake if they tried to change the paradigm, shift the paradigm. You get so entrenched, and um, you know, certainly there are a lot of challenges going on in the world right now. It's like I'm not going to pretend there are not. I'm not oblivious to it. But at the same time, there's a lot of freedom of opportunity. Part of it is because of technology, the way we're conversing right here. And also, you know, again, like you said, we were talking a few minutes ago about people. You know, I live in Connecticut, about 60 miles north of Manhattan. I love Manhattan. Used to live there for many years. I haven't been in in three or four months. My life is going okay. I will go back. I I look forward Mm -hmm. to going back. But um, but, but there's probably a lot of people who, uh, you know, if people still work in cubicles and, mega corporation x or something it's like you know what i'm not going back to that i you know i've got to spend more time with my family i really like this i don't want to be in my car you know three or four hours a day i don't want to be on a crowded commuter train for various reasons so it's a great time to shift and i think there are plenty of opportunities around um i definitely believe that every one of us has great talent and potential inside there's a movement going on right now of course to reawaken people like Every one of us matters. Every one of us has talent and potential. And it's very encouraging for me to see, you know, that people with great diversity are believing that and elevating that. Like, you know, we don't we don't want to see anybody putting anybody else down or saying you don't you don't matter. You know, it's like those days are over. So let's let's talk about that a little bit in in not in a political sense, but in a an internal sense that. Mm -hmm. All of this boils down to like that internal belief, right? And are you taking on, and this is what I love about what you do, is helping people tell the stories so that 
someone can go, oh, wait, if it's possible for them, it's possible mm -hmm. for me. And mm -hmm. our job as influencers, as um, storytellers, as you know, uh, servant leaders, is to help people break out of their own limiting paradigm, notwithstanding what's going on out there, right? We understand there's always gonna be, like that's not gonna change. It's right. like nature right. is brutal, <laughs> right? Nature itself yeah. is brutal. Yeah, like, just watch Wild Kingdom, yes, I know. <laughs> so like, if we just go, okay, well, the difference between, you know, use, as, using Wild Kingdom as an example, you don't see the elk like kind of, you know, complaining about the lion, as far as I know. I, I don't speak right. out. <laughs> no, it's exactly. But exactly. They, they just do what they got to do to, you know, avoid. And, and I'm not, I, I don't want to take social issues and boil it down to something as, yeah. as trivial as, as that, which I have no way to know yeah. if it, it'd be true or not. Yeah. Well, I like, I like what, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I like what uh, Jim, Jim Rohn said about nature. He said, like, how, how tall does a tree grow in nature as tall as, tall as it possibly can? It, it doesn't stop. It's like, I'm done. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. You right. know, it's like, and so, you know, maybe say, oh, what does that have to do with human beings? But I think it has a lot to do with human beings. Really. It does because the, the gift and the challenge of our intellect and our language is it creates self-imposed limits. Yes. The tree can't do it. And that's where mm -hmm. the analogy is. That's where Jim was saying. It's like, well, a tree doesn't have someone like, and even if we did, and here's the thing, even if we sat and yelled at the tree, you suck. <laughs> You're never going to yeah. grow taller yeah. than five feet. Yeah. You're the worst yeah. tree ever. Right. It wouldn't prevent it. Right, and right, right. It, what's well, so interesting I'm sorry. Go ahead. You finished no, no, your thought. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that reminds me. The, the yelling thing always reminds me of my friend, Marsha Martin, no relation, but we connected about 15 years ago when a friend of mine said, we should call Jack Hanfield's office because people are starting to do things called webinars. And she was a tech person who did webinars. We should talk to Jack Hanfield. He has great content. So Marsha works closely with Jack, still does. Together, they help put together that roster of experts who were on The Secret, if you remember the movie, The mm -hmm. Secret, about the law of attraction. And so um, she te Marcia teaches communication to like hotel staffs and stuff like this. And uh, one of the things she says is like, you know, if you're in a, one of those yelling confrontations, you know, she says, you can just think to yourself, what a fascinating shade of red. I've never, that's, I didn't know that color was found in nature. You know, you don't yeah. just, oh, they're attacking me. I don't matter. Oh my God. It's like, it's hard, you know, easier said than done. I know what you mean, but... Yeah. Um, well, simple, yeah, yeah. not easy, <laughs> right? Because yes, we yeah. all, we, we all, I mean, that's, that's the work we do. We've been in the personal development world and, and we have seen, experienced, um, been directly involved in situations where we believed we were right and we forgot what we were arguing about. Um, and that's, you know, that's the time when you, you, you go, oh, I'm going to be fascinated instead of frustrated right now. Let me, you know, and, and exactly. And there's so many, there's a great, you know, again, through technology, especially there's a great opportunity to connect with so many audiences, um, you know, and we people, people who are looking for help or advice or just to be, you know, opened up to their true potential. We, we all resonate differently with different people. So it's like there's many choices that we could make. I'd like to work with that coach or I'd like, you know, right. a lot of, lot of, lot of opportunities. So absolutely.
And now more than ever, we need people to step up and offer their support, their love, their guidance, um, because it, things are considerably uh, moving at a faster pace than ever before. And that has nothing to do with yes. what's going on, notwithstanding, just technology is moving faster than yes. ever. And it, it has an impact. Yes. You know, yes, absolutely. We, we never had, I, I mean, it, for you, this might've been, must've been interesting. So you started your career, all right. So 30 years ago, 30 years ago, the internet was around yet or barely? Well, I, 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 I'll really date myself. No, I remember typewriters. I mean, in college, okay. I would, uh, you know, they had, they had electricity then, I will say Okay, that. all right. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas Edison. No, uh, so electric type, no, so to make money part-time in my college years in the early 80s, you know, typing, word, word processing, and so on. So I remember yeah. when uh, when email started up, and I mean, I took a computer, you know, coding, very prim. I forget what it was, okay. DOS or whatever, very primitive computer coding class in college and stuff like that. But yeah, and I was moving faster and faster and faster. And in fact, one of the projects I'm working on right now is helping a team of uh, basically tech engineers who've created, an, I call it the new internet, reinvention of the internet, that's not bogged down, not vulnerable to hacking and malware and stuff like that. And, you know, provides, you know, a data tunnel, so to speak, large enough to, for the big data that, you know, it's like maybe, maybe big data also helps advertisers track us down, which is annoying. Sometimes they read, you know, and who so knows. This would protect, it would protect the data. Yeah. So, uh, so encryption, encryption is okay. part of it, but it's just, uh, they said the internet hasn't really been updated in 20 years. And so it's been, you know, I, from the work that, in the work that I do, I loved like just parachuting into somebody's profession, like, wow, redesigning the internet. How cool. Or like music. How cool. Right. You know, so I have a I, contact you know. for you, a, re a, a referral <laughs> you, um, for, you may know him and he should be, he'll probably be on this show. Do you know Scott Klaslowski? Uh, no, I don't think okay, so. Okay, I'll hook you up with him. He, he has a company called Future Point of View, and he does oh. internet security. He does like big stuff with big companies. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wrote I'd a book called God Create the Internet. Um, he speaks uh, He speaks a business mastery like every year. That's how I know him. And, wow. and yeah, no, I'd love to, uh, love to meet him. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, I'll hook, hook you guys up. But um, in that, and and we'll come back to, to that project, I'm just curious on how did you – navigate and did you see other people in the PR world and others kind of struggle with the technological transformations that were occurring? Like, you know, obviously fax machine was new and now it's like, who has one? Right, right. No, well, that, that's true. No, I, did, I have seen that over the years. Exactly. Um, I'll take it back one step even prior to that, if you don't mind. No, of course. Um, when you talk about paradigms and being locked into a certain mindset, and then how do you break out of that? Um, you know, again, in my college years, I was studying to be a lawyer because all my friends were becoming lawyers. I was kind of a nerd in high school, so I got into the debate society and all that. So that was the natural thing to do. And then about my senior year of college, I realized, no, I've worked part-time doing that typing I mentioned, aforementioned typing. Yeah. Email me if you don't know what the hell I'm talking. Type in, type in. You know. um, so uh, typewriters, exactly. So um, so uh, so I a friend gave me an opportunity to work at the CBS News uh, Washington bureau uh, down in uh, D.C. Going to Capitol Hill and the White House and so on. It was just fascinating, and not so much about being impressed with politicians or any of that, but just it was telling the people stories, stories that matter 
about opportunity and you know, fighting discrimination and stuff like that. And, and then I moved into a little bit of business news, like you mentioned in uh, that intro about entrepreneurs. And so, um, so it really was great to know that you can break out of those limitations. And I didn't, I didn't study communications. Like I said, I was a philosophy major. That's what stimulated me. But being interested in people's stories and not listening to people say, oh, no, you really shouldn't try to go into the television news because you don't have a communications major or blah, blah. It's like, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to show up. And, you know, when I worked for CBS News and ABC News and CNN, the interns that I always really appreciated was people who just like jumped in like, I can do that. And mm-hmm. then there's always some interns like, well, I don't know. I've never learned that. you like, no, no, we don't have time for that, especially with the pace of the world. Yeah. You know, if you think you can do it, jump right in. And those are the people who are very successful today in the television news because they didn't believe they were limited, you know. So, um, and that anyway. is so true. That's how, that's how I got into the music industry. I had a choice. I could go to school or I could intern. And I was like, I, after I did my research, I was like, I don't know, all the most successful people in music, all the most successful producers and artists and all that, they didn't go to school. They just, and by the way, when I'm done with school, I'm gonna have to intern anyway. So why don't I just start interning? Perfect. And exactly. the same thing, like it just, it, exactly. it yeah. ended up working on multiple Grammy winning records. And I started out as an intern. I started out working for free. That's great. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, it's funny. I, as my friends know, I spend far too much time on Facebook than I really should. It's for my own good. Although we love Facebook. Mark, if you're listening, we love Facebook. Um, so, but uh, there's some meme I've seen from time to time. It said, those, those, those uh, saying it's impossible should just get out of the way of the people actually doing it. You know, and that's like you did and I did. Yep. You know? Well, and I think that's, uh, that's so telling and so important right now that that personal responsibility people start getting more into that self-leadership where, you know, we don't allow the, the narrative of other people prevent us because the most successful people on the planet, all were told they couldn't do it for whatever reason. And for some, for some by well-meaning people, it's not that, you know, I remember when I first got into real estate, you know, one of our side hustles is real estate investing people that I loved and cared about were like, "Mm, I don't know about, you know, it's, (laughs) that's, that's, that's risky, you know, and like at all these reasons. And and that's, you know, that's very different than someone going, you can't because you know, you're an idiot or whatever, but that wedge of discouragement is often just enough. We don't need, you know, as a matter of fact, sometimes that, and I will actually say not sometimes always it is worse to have a small wedge of discouragement, to have someone having little belief in you rather than telling you absolutely no way you can't do it. Because at least when someone does that, you can't do it for whatever reason, now you, you have right. that energy to push back. Like, no, I'm gonna show you. Right. And yeah. that no, can I, be I enjoy, beneficial. Uh, totally, no, I, do, I definitely agree with you there. It's funny, I, uh, in, in the past couple of years, I've enjoyed listening to different live streams from uh, Dean Graciosi, you know, mm-hmm. he's teamed up with Tony Robbins on some things. And he just put a book out recently about the, the underdog effect. He said, George Washington was an underdog that said, oh, no, you're doomed. It'll never work. So, like, thank God George Washington didn't listen to those people. So, like yeah. you said, it's, can be, it can be a motivator, you know. Yeah, and all that boils down to, which I believe and why I do what I do, is, is for lack of a better term, is education and training. Um, 
And that's why I appreciate, obviously, not you as, besides you as a person, but what you do is you help people get the word out and educate on other perspectives. And this is what's so important, especially now, is to be able to have access to other points of view and have people share their story because everyone has a unique, special, powerful story and you never know whose story is going to be the one that has that person break free from whatever confines they have, whatever limits they've allowed to be put on them that, again, all limits, no matter what is going on outside, does not matter. It's your relationship with what's going on outside that we have to deal with. And mm-hmm. it's our duty to help people if, you know, in using our best skills. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're clearly talented. Um, what is, like, what are you working on now? You have the internet thing. Like, how can we learn more about that? Like, that sounds pretty cool. Is there? Um, sure. Well, people are welcome. Welcome to contact me. Can I, or you can contact me right here on Facebook or through Doug. Um, yeah. Well, this is also going to be a podcast and all that. So, you know, and okay. we're not wrapping up just yet, but, you know, feel free. We'll give you your information. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, well, my, my website is tommartinmedia.com. So you can find how to contact me there. It's just email Tom at tommartinmedia.com. But I love conversations and, you know, I love the brainstorming side of what I do. Um, it's, it's funny, uh, as you know, I've learned a lot from Tony Robbins and Tony mm-hmm. Robbins coaches and so on. And a couple years into, I've been doing this for about 12, 14 years now in terms of sort of independent PR, uh, coming out of the news, bis- coming out of the news business and then working for a couple of larger PR firms in New York city. Um, and earlier you, a few minutes ago, you mentioned about people who hadn't moved forward, like they're still stuck in the fax machine era and so on. And I remember the round of layoffs that affected me that set me on this path that I'm on today, which I'm really grateful that I was like, thank you for laying me off. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was some older, uh, you know, PR executives saying, I kind of miss those old days where you write kind of a newspaper style article and then you'd call certain places and they just drop it right in. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Their social media is here to stay. I mean, they were, you know, they, if, if they never got onto social media, they're, history for sure. But, right. um, but, but it's always, always changing, you know, always changing. And so I've decided, you know, you could either curse the change like, Oh, it's so hard. I have to learn something new. It's like, wow, I get to learn something new. And, and it's wonderful to connect with people uh, on a new platform and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and that classic linguistic transformation instead of I have to, I get to. That's right. No, I know. Uh, now, as you bring something up, not to necessarily get too much into the, you know, how a hot dog is made, how much, because I've experienced this in, you know, doing marketing when I was at the treatment center. And of course, now Heidi and I, we, you know, need to market ourselves and, and so forth. The, um, uh, what's it called? Like in uh, edu, like where it's like you're, you're almost buying the spot to put in a, you know, an article, but it's really an ad. Like how much of that is really a, a thing? And I'm, and I'm not trying to like disillusion people, but it's, a, I, we're getting the real deal. Well, there's like, more. Yeah. No, I appreciate that question. No, there's more and more of that all the time. Um, it's funny. I have a friend, you know, a friend my age, who's an author and actually she's the one who brought me into the new internet. So if you think, Older folks can't be on the cutting edge. Wait till you hear about the new internet that I'm working on. 
But um, she, thought, she told me, hey, Tom, stop using that phrase old-fashioned. But I am kind of old-fashioned as far as appreciating a good story of adversity and having a dream and overcoming challenges. It's, you know, it's like uh, Classic Hero's Journey. You, Yes, exactly. It's Luke Skywalker, yep. what Joseph Campbell talked about in his mm-hmm. myth uh, classes and stuff like that. And so, um, so there is a lot of um, pay for play, you know, pay for play, whatever some people call it. Um, yeah. Larry King is still around doing interviews, all the interviews that I mean, and God, God bless him. I hope he's around for many more decades. But all the interviews he does right now are paid interviews. Nothing wrong with that. Um, in December, I went to uh, Santa Barbara, California, beautiful spot with another project I'm working on using blockchain and partially cryptocurrency in traditional funds to invest. It's a $100 million project to raise money to support medical research that the big pharmaceutical companies are not interested in. They don't mm-hmm. think it's profitable enough. And there's a lot of rare diseases that there's some work being done. Like, how do we get these to the people? How do we save lives? Because it probably and involves so they, something that God created that they can't uh, patent and, and uh, you know, like profit on. I know, yes, it's, uh, it's a strange, strange world. Exactly. So, uh, so that company sort of on their own, they didn't really consult me on this decision. Although, I don't know, maybe I would have gone for it. Kathy Ireland, former supermodel, very successful in the business sense with different companies and so on. So she hosts a couple of pay for play TV shows. So they paid her thousands and thousands of dollars to interview them on her beautiful set in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. California. And so, okay, it gets the word out and they can, so a lot of these outlets buy, buy time on different networks. It's like, okay, maybe it's a good value. But again, speaking of being old fashioned, I really believe that every one of us has a story and by being timely and newsworthy, um, we can get some airtime, you know, whether it's on a traditional old fashioned TV station or an internet show or a podcast interview, you know, it's like, you want to be helpful. You want to be of service. You want to fit with sort of what's really going on in the world right now. You don't want to be too pushy about, you don't want to try to sell them something. You right. hate that. Um, but, uh, there's plenty of outlets. So you, I don't, I don't think you need to go with these, pro, you know, pay people, to, to cover your carry your story, I, I just don't. Right, I, I would agree. The I, I guess the the question becomes, and I, and I guess it does say it, and it's small print. Like this is a paid, you know, paid advertisement, paid whatever. Somewhere it says that, and I and I think what's great, and and again, I know it gets into a, an interesting conversation about you know, I, I know the you know whatever your political affiliations are. Um, when Trump pointed out the opportunity of, you know, look at the, these platforms, uh, you know, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You're either a publisher or a platform and they have two different uh, areas of liability. And I bring that up in that if there are, organ- there are places where paying for play is a form of censorship, Right, because it, it becomes promotion, and it, it puts me if I if I don't have the money to pay to get my story out there, I'm by proxy being censored because I don't have the money. It's not about the message; it's about the money. And it, and it's not it's not. There's a lot of truth to that, and it's also not just about money; it's about power. Like if you look at right, media, well, media either way. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. point is, yeah. is like it's getting harder and harder. So interestingly that at first, and I dealt with this in the music industry, right? So when 
I, the peak of my career was when, when Nap, Napster came out. So that changed how music was distributed, not just Napster, but the technology around it, where it was no longer I had to buy a record and I actually was kind of consciously knowing if I was going to make a mixtape to share with my friend or if I was going to copy it, we knew we're copying it, right? And it was a thing, right? And it, But it was also it made it hard to do multiple copies and then those degradations. So if you got a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, it was whatever. Then peer to peer through computers changed the way people monetized and, and all of that. And it, it changed the industry forever. Um, and there are arguments to both sides for, for good or for bad. You know, there's no right or wrong to that. People have their own perspectives and their relationship with the change. When, Facebook and social media and all that came out, it leveled the playing field. Now everyone had a voice and it was up to you to either as take personal responsibility for what you believed, what you didn't, what you put out, what you didn't, what you shared, what you didn't, and people could choose. Then they started going, oh, well now, you know, every business is now paying to have their information put in the newsfeed more appropriately. The algorithms are now kind of analyzing what you're engaging on and all of that. So that's what you're going to see more of and blah, blah, blah. So like, where does the line start going that it's becoming back to what you shared? Money is power. And the influence, and then how do we, how does the little guy get out there again? How do we get our story out there if we don't have the power, the influence, or the money? And then we get corrupted because Kathy Ireland, as the example, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, someone's going to pay me. I'm not knocking it, by the way. (laughs) Huh? I'm not knocking that. Cafes, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking like, it either. I'm, I'm, I, this yeah. isn't a knocking thing. It's, it's, a, it's an, an earnest question. It's, it's, well, these are the forces of the world. Yeah, right, so, yeah. So how, yeah. how do we navigate it? And this is where, you know, again, the pivoting comes because for the little guys, we used to be able to go on Facebook and go, okay, cool, and we'll get some information out there. Now no one sees it if you didn't pay for it. Right, right, right. Um, how many hours is this show? Oh, right. Well, of course. And again, this is, this is just, we're not, sol- not going to solve any problems. It's more to get people to okay. think and yeah. go, oh, okay, okay, how could I do things differently? Yeah. Okay. Well, several probably unrelated thoughts come to mind. One is, yes, there was a democratization process going on. I have a friend. Uh, I, I love magic, magic tricks and so on. I taught, did magic shows when I was, again, the nerd teenager <laughs> in, in high school. In fact, if any of you were old enough to remember Dick Cavett, the t- talk show host I produced for him, we had the same magic teacher, a little Italian man, Tony Slidini in the theater district and Broadway. And so Dick moved to my town here in Connecticut. We got together last year, hadn't seen him in 30 years. That was quite a wow. trip. Did you do some magic. magic together? Yes, yes, yes. It was fun. Very, very fun. So a lot of people don't even know the name, but, but he interviewed Janis Joplin, and yeah. John Lennon, whatever. But at any rate, so... Um, so in terms of, so back in those days when I was into magic in the eighties, I had a friend who was an A&R man for Columbia records, you know, Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen and so on. And I don't want to like dig too far beneath the cover of how that business works, but there were probably a number of talented people, quote, semi-talented people who just, they had huge careers because you could work, you know, you know better than I do to process their voice and mm-hmm. bring in the team. And like, so, and there's a lot of un, very talented, even more talented people, if we could rate them, it's all subjective, I know, but more talented people and like, how do we get heard? So I remember um, there was, used to be something called um, 
my pay, my space. Mm-hmm. I think that was very, very big for musicians. Like, here's six songs I've written. The yep. A&I guy at Columbia Music is not going to give me a chance or the radio DJ, but like you can get it out there and so on. So, um, you know, so there is a democratization process. Yes, there's a lot of power being exerted in terms of, you know, gatekeepers, what stories people hear right now. But I really believe that if you have an interesting story and if you, if, you know, I'll sound very idealistic. It's like, oh, Tom is so naive. It's like, if you're coming from the right place, if you have a good heart, if you want to be of service to people and you're not attaching a dollar sign to that, like, yes, I do certain consulting and we can talk about that some other time, but let me just help you for God's sakes. I think that people appreciate that even with, you know, the algorithms at work on Facebook and so on. There's still a way to get through. I have a number of friends who are quite expert at social media and uh, one of my friends, uh, Samantha Beauvais is her name. Uh, she has different experts on, you know, a sh- show similar to this. And so I happened to listen to one show that she did with a Facebook group expert. And apparently because of the Facebook algorithm changes, um, suddenly Facebook, as well as probably some negative press about, hey, what's really going on here over, over there? Um, I noticed like, oh my God, Facebook never used to advertise, but now every once in a while you see ads for Facebook groups where like people who like bulldogs or it's like mm-hmm. Facebook groups, it's really cool. It's yeah. like, okay, I didn't know you ever needed to advertise, but my friend Samantha says in her expert, I forget his name at the moment, that said, you don't need 2 million followers. Can you really connect and you know, interact with 2 million followers? I mean, maybe you can, I don't know. But have a hundred who you're really connected with in your community. Like I, I lead a Facebook group. I mean, a uh, mastermind group. If any of you want to learn more about that or join us for a sample call, I'd love that. We use Zoom video. We have about 20, 25 people there. And I'm always thinking, how can I help them? You know, like our conversations, Doug, who can I introduce you to that might help move things forward? I love being a connector. It makes me feel useful, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so in Facebook groups, you can really do that. And I think it works that way for musicians and, and, and they think, well, that's very nice. 20 people. Do you realize how much it costs to have a recording session? Or It's like, well, you know, it's not It's complicated. I understand that. But I think that by genuinely connecting with people and really serving them and listening to them, I mean, you know, about you know, how Gary Vaynerchuk got his start. You know, it's like on Twitter, like, I'm going to reply to everybody. It's like the thousands of people that contact you. Can you really reply to every? Well, I guess you can't literally reply to everybody, but you can try. Well, and he started, obviously, (laughs) on his YouTube channel, had like, you know, there was a time he had one viewer, two viewers. Exactly, yes. Well, and I agree with you totally. And I guess that's the question is, you know, we're always looking for new ways to get our story out there, get our, our thing out there. And when, you know, when we're looking at, we see like you shared and even, it, it, and this is nothing new, by the way, like obviously, you know, the music industry had the challenges back then, the news, it's, this is always it's part of being human. And I think, right. and if we could actually <laughs> look at this whole thing in life a little bit more from that lens, like, look, we're just humans figuring it out and no one's perfect maybe it doesn't mean exactly what we think it means. Maybe it's us struggling with all of these changes and people respond poorly. It's, it's interesting. Um, I'd always been, this will sound like coming totally out of the blue. I know, but I've always been kind of interested in the Dalai Lama. I never really Mm -hmm. studied the Dalai Lama. I never read any of his books and I know there are the different 
incarnations, reincarnations mm -hmm. of the Dalai Lama. Back in October, a friend invited me to a little presentation in my little town here in Connecticut about what the, the Dalai Lama has to say about compassion. He was not there in person. They had film mm -hmm. clips. They had some people who had been imprisoned because of the human rights movement in Tibet and so on. But it's like, wow, compassion. You know, it's like service is very important, obviously, being of service. But compassion also. And who knew that X months later, that would be so important with what's going on in the world. So I think if you are a person of compassion and wanting to be of service and you have some knowledge, whether it's music or uh, storytelling or, um, you know, parenting advice, you know, it's like I love, uh, I love, uh, what's this, Brendan Burchard, you know, the Experts Academy. Mm -hmm. We're all an expert at something. At first I thought, well, is everybody really an expert? It's like, yes, they are because they're passionate about something. You know, Malcolm Gladwell said, expert, an expert puts in the 10,000 hours. Bill Gates put in the 10,000 hours. Like, that's interesting. That makes sense. If you're passionate about something like music, you'll want to do it. You'll, you'll put in the hours. So you become more of an expert than somebody who's just, um, you know, starting to climb the ladder in terms of knowledge. You don't well, have to be at the top of the ladder. You know? But I got to share something um, that is so important that I've experienced in when I talk, when we talk about expertise and how everyone's an expert. <laughs> My personal experience when I first got into Tony and like, again, I'd apply, put myself in an environment and I was there real time and I, I had access to superstars and other interns and we did everything in the industry. So I was able to, without realizing it, I was able to model at the right time, temporally, like where people were and I could, I could see the steps and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, got it. I, this is great. And when I, when Naps came out, I had to re reinvent myself. And then, uh, you know, Tony, I was blessed enough. I got the gig with Tony and I was like, I'm going to model Tony. Tony's the best that, you know, still is the, the number one guy on the planet when it comes to personal development, super talent, super everything. And when I got in there, I realized that Tony's 20,000 hours didn't help me get from here to here because Tony's here was at a different time, different technology, different everything. So we need people sharing at their different stages. So someone doesn't have to be a Brendan Bruchard, a Tony Robbins, a Gary Vee to share their expertise because they need to help the person who's one or two steps behind them because they can't model Tony. That's you can't model point. Gary V to the degree, yeah. and sometimes yeah. they forget because they're like, "Man, when I first started out, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I had infomercials." Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> right? No, I know, I know. No, you're you're making a very good point. I don't I don't often think about that. The the uh, the times in which we live and the technology and everything. No, it's very interesting, right? Right, and it's well, even if even if the technology was the same, you know, I. I I love talking to Tony and I haven't had a chance to talk to Gary all that. Like, well, what would you, if you were me, what would you do now? And they tell you great stuff and, and it's stuff that you already know, but you go, yeah, but well, here's, you're well, saying here's that through a different thing. filter and I'm not making them wrong. I'm just going like you walking into a room right now with nothing is different than me walking into a room with nothing. You're still freaking Tony Robbins. Right. Well, here's, I don't know. I don't know if you'll consider this a uh, complete answer, but, uh, uh, talk about a timeless quality the changes that has never changed in eons it's stubbornness it's believing that you have value i'm talented it's like oh he's terrible oh god you know it's like no no i don't care what you say i'm talented you know and you see people like that you know in and they'll always succeed 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, how did that person get? And, and maybe they they've never progressed, or you don't you don't care for their music or something like that. They're not. I mean, usually they're not really bad. You just don't care for it. Or speaking for myself, because if they put in all those hours and that stubbornness, they will evolve in in line with their vision. But um, you know, I, well, I don't know. It's kind of, we're gonna have a. Oh, Dee Snyder's going to be on the show. And I've, oh, Dee was one of like the first time I ever did this show, like 20 years ago, I did it for radio. Um, Dee was on it. And um, one of the things that I have all my clients watch is We Are Twisted Effing Sister. So if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> it's on Netflix. Yeah. Check it out. It's exactly what you just talked about. The, the <laughs> fact that Dee would not give up. The band would not give up, right? And they were told that they sucked. They were told that, like, they were the A and R, the the president of Atlantic yes. Records told all of the A and R people because they kept bringing them to him. If you bring this band, Twisted F and Sister, to me again, you're fired. Right, right. <laughs> and they got signed by Atlantic Records yeah. ultimately. That's funny. Well, also, do you have time for two short stories? Yeah, yeah, of course. That point, yeah, because I because I think this is a very important point. You know, if people get that from this conversation, I'll be so happy. You know. If they're if they're holding back in any way, one is my again my friend Marsha Martin, who I'd mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, she came from San Francisco, where she worked with Werner Erhard and helped create Est and so on, which became landmark landmark mm-hmm. forum. And she said, "I was I was kind of I don't know. She didn't use the word naive or whatever, but I was young and idealistic at San Francisco in the early you know the 68, 70. And she said, "I decided that I wanted to work with the Democratic Party." So I went to Washington and I asked around, does anyone know anybody in government? And all I could come up with was like a Republican senator. So I said, well, I'll go to his office. It's like she didn't realize, he's not going to want to help you elevate in the Democrats. He's like, what are you thinking? But again, the same sort of thing about camping out at the office and the secretary saying, he's, he's really busy. Um, it's a crazy day. It's like, oh, that's fine. I'll wait right here for like 20 hours. It's mm-hmm. like finally they caught a glimpse of the guy and, and he admired her stubbornness and persistence and they started talking and he actually introduced her to somebody who got her to a top level like the head of the democratic party and you know one thing led to another and then also you you may know this story even better than i because somebody i think our buddy uh, frank clark told me this a few weeks ago he said that les brown the great motivational speaker he wanted to be a radio dj so he kept showing up at the radio station office and they said and he said I want to be hired to your, you know, be radio DJ. We don't have any openings. It's like, okay. And he came back the next day. It's like, why are you coming? Yesterday, we told you, we don't have, it's like, well, I thought maybe somebody was fired. Like, nobody's been fired. Came back the next week. Well, I thought maybe somebody died. It's like, no, nobody's done. It's like, okay, you can get coffee for us. And apparently, you know, from what Frank tells me, one of their DJs came into the office one day to do his shift drunk. It's like, we can't put this guy on the air. It's like, okay, Les, here's your moment. Here's your you can't say anything. And he said, well, secretly, he'd been preparing his rap, you know, um, yep. so to speak, uh, on his own. And he just let it loose anyway. And so, wow, he's really good. So I like people who are persistent and stubborn, you know. Uh, that's how I got the gig with Tony, was my <laughs> persistence. And it literally, it came out that way. So the, the short story is um, Manny Goldman actually, uh, was like, oh, you know, he sent, I think he sent it to me directly or in the power team because he had, he had moved over to California and became uh, friends with Jarek. And they were like, oh, we're opening up a uh, division of the digital delivery in New York. 
So I had already at that point, I was, you know, obviously involved in the power team. I've been to events. I um, now had been crewing and had uh, built a relationship with uh, like Wesley Goo and, you know, some other people. And I reached out and I'm like, hey, is this true? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah. He's looking for an LSR in New York. I said, great. I said, he's like, send me a resume. I'll get it to, you know, HR. I'm like, I don't have a resume. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I worked at a, I made records. I could send my discography. <laughs> I mean, right, you know, right. like, well, just put together whatever you got. So I did. Long story short, I ended up right when they were talking to them, right when they were in the middle of some transitions. So like they, they, whoever their VP was, they got rid of, or Gene had just left and they were trying out a new guy or, or whatever it was. And then Roberto was going to be away. And they basically told me, the HR person, I got to a certain point, they were like, look, just to let you know, it's going to be a couple months before we even get back to you because of all this chaos and what's going on mm-hmm. and Roberto's away and yada, yada. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave you a story or a joke or something every Friday. And I know you're going to know it's me because you're going to see the phone ring and all that. And you can pick up or not. I don't care. But I'm just letting you know I'm going to do that. (laughs) And I did. Every Friday at 10 a.m., I picked up the phone and I called. Hey, Julia, what's going on? I was just, you know, had this story I thought I'd share with you. Here's a joke. Here's whatever. As I said. So then I did that. And as I went through the process, I got to a point where the, the, in the interview process, the person was like, yeah, no, we're going to pass on Doug because I didn't have the experience. I didn't have, you know, because I'd never done that gig. I, was, I spoke at music conferences and I was a master practitioner of NLP. Those are my qualifications. I'd never done sales. I had never done anything. And Julia, God bless her, she put me through to Roberto. And then, then finally, my last uh, interview, she said, because... I was the only one who did what they said, that I called every week, that I had the persistence, that I had the dedication that no one else had who was going for that job. And that's what got me through to, the net, to, to get into the, the position. That's great. <laughs> it's, and I, you know, I've, I've shared that story before as that to, to exemplify exactly what you shared, is that you, you've got to have that persistence and that, that fortitude um, and that, you know, dare I say stubbornness. Now, obviously you don't want to be stubborn until it hurts you. Um, so have a, have a, an ecological goal at the outcome yeah, of your stubbornness, yeah, because yeah. that stubbornness yeah. that we, we have can get us into trouble because if we're too stubborn that we're not willing to change, we miss out on the opportunities. Yeah. Right. Like if I was, I was able to shift my paradigm of thought to go, okay, I made all these records and all that. I have to sometimes get that identity. I'm a musician or I'm a producer or I'm a whatever. And I could have been really stubborn with that. Or I could have said, how can I help people make music of their lives? And shift. No, totally. No, I love your, I love your story. I hadn't, I'd never heard that before, actually. Um, so I have a friend, actually, I've been in touch with a little bit this week and he, i Heard him as a public speaker at MasterCard in Westchester County, New York, 10 years ago, something like that. And he's talked about how the different generations speak different languages, you know, baby boomers, mm-hmm. Gen Z, millennials, and all that. And he said the younger, younger generations um, think nothing of walking into the CEO's office and say, here's how you should change things. So, you know, bear that in mind, like, how does this fit in? So you can't be oblivious, exactly. You can be stubborn, but, but aware, like what serves you, what might hurt you. It's probably better not to hold back than, you know, err on the side of not holding back maybe, but, but I, but I love your story. Well, and, and I guess what I'm getting at is just know your outcome. 
Right. So like, as an example, you know, like my relationship, like with, with Heidi, I'm sure uh, people sometimes in relationships get in spirited debates. When I have my outcome clear, like, and this is when, when things, and this is basically the question I ask when things aren't going the way I want, then I go, wait, what, do I, what, what is it that I want? Like, mm-hmm. am I being stubborn? Am I holding on to an argument, a story, a perspective, a position that ultimately does not take me where I want to go? I want love. I want to connect. Right now, I don't feel that. And like, not to say, you know, it's not the, you would rather be happy or rather be right. It's like, what do you really want? That's really good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why? And mm-hmm. then my stubbornness can be, loving her no matter what right if 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 someone says something i well no but i want to love so i'm just going to love you no matter what and then that that, 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 it doesn't happen as you know like like i need to pull that tool out a lot but think of it with children how often do you think that would happen when your child is going through their normal like tantrums perspectives you know better you know something's different but you you know, you got to still love them. You, I, I love you no matter what. Yeah. I'm not well, I, hate, I, hate to, I hate to break this to you, but uh, I've been working with an author recently. He wrote a book about the brain science of happiness, you know, fight or flight and the different mm-hmm. regions of the brain and so on. And he's a college professor in California also. And so in his presentations, he says the human brain is still forming, not really fully developed until age 25. So yep. I have a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old. You have a five-year-old. So yeah. There might be some arguments here and there. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, no, totally. Well, and that's where, again, it's so important that we are responsible stewards of our states, of ourselves, of our stories. And why it's, as you share, it's so important that we share our stories so that people have access to other exemplars, other models, um, because sometimes we get trapped into not only our own mind, but also, and again, using social media as the example, um, ask and ye shall receive. So when you go onto Facebook and you engage in whatever, and this is for good or for bad, I'm not, this is whatever you're doing, the algorithm goes, because they want you on Facebook, the algorithm goes, oh, you want that. You engaged in that, and there's no, it's not a judgment thing. It's like, okay, you're active on that conversation, on that page, on that. Mm-hmm. We're going to put more mm-hmm. of that in front of you so right. you stay involved. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is by proxy, out of the, the natural asking you shall receive, it's a digital RAS. It's a reticular activator system built into the algorithm so that you basically get more of what you've been focusing on. And what you've been focusing on may be getting you angry. And then you go, shut up. And then Facebook goes, oh, you want more of that? Okay, here, right? And conversely, if you're going, oh, spreading the love, all that, they go, oh, you want more of that? And you get more of the happy posts and more, you know, that and the advertisers. And it's it's really, it's why we got to mind the mind and be willing to, question everything, be willing to hear other people's stories, other people's sides, and be willing to, you know, engage in new conversations. And that's, that's again, why we did the, why I relaunched this, because it's my passion, like you, to get those stories out there so that people can take personal responsibility with, with resources. 
That's good. Good to be our mind. No, I like what I like what you just said. It's funny. Uh, I don't know. This might be kind of a silly little story, but a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're still wearing our our masks here in Connecticut, like everywhere, in most places. Maybe not Ozark, Missouri, but most places. And uh, so, uh, so I went into the Dunkin' Donuts. I shouldn't go there anyway. I know it was a lesson that it's like, you know, hey, you have a sign on the door that says you must wear a mask. Well, if your customer is not wearing a mask, I don't want to be like a jerk about it, but it's like, if we don't really understand the virus quite yet, you know? And so I posted something on Facebook. I should have known better than to post anything even remotely political. Like I thought I, I don't post politics really for the most part. And so um, I don't know. Wait, if here's remember, what, just, just let me clear up before you get yeah. further. Masks are not political. I know. Well, that's how I feel. I know. Exactly. But I'll name a name, first name anyway. There's a guy I used to know, a nice guy named Maurice, who I met through the Tony Robbins people. And he posted a comment like, oh, you're a mask Nazi. Those poor people, you're, t- you're criticizing the employees of the Dunkin' Donuts store. It's like, I'm really not. They're great people, hardworking. But it's like, if we don't understand the virus 100% yet, maybe we should wear our mask. You know, so, uh, so it's interesting. But, but I, I thought, well, I could delete that comment. That, I, I, I don't like what he said. And then a few other people, Craig from uh, the Tony Robbins group is national group as well so i'm just going to leave their comments they're free to say what they say but like you said if you're angry about something it's like you know facebook oh you want you like that it's like so i just i left their comments i didn't respond so he's like okay (laughs) yeah and look that is such a, a an interesting like thing that's going on because again we're now we're talking about paradigms we're talking about people's belief systems and what people do with the um what you just shared no one really knows what's going on and you know and then when you have conflicting information people need certainty yeah yeah yeah. and we have and that's and it actually and it's so sad that it it, things have gotten out of hand the way they have with the riots and, and all of that and it's it's not surprising considering that everyone was locked up and cooped up for all this time and having no energy. What I was surprised about was actually, for the most part, how well people dealt with in many respects. Now, I will say, you know, like when this whole thing started and the lockdowns and all of that, Heidi and I, the first thing we said was, what's going to happen with the people who don't know how to survive at home like this people who struggle with drugs and alcohol people who have you know mental health issues people have that so we're going to see domestic violence addiction relapse suicide skyrocket and we did our best to put stuff out there and to your point people there were some people who were like you don't understand you don't get it you want people to die i'm like no we're we're actually saying we don't want these other people to die and i will say and i I don't know personally in my world anyone that has died from COVID, but we do know multiple people, multiple who have either killed themselves or overdosed. Wow. Yeah. And that is where I think there's, you know, an interesting dialogue when you you go, okay, if we want to talk about, you know, like uh, circumstantial or, um, uh, it's, it's not empirical, but like the anecdotal data, 
I have more anecdotal data of people taking their lives, overdosing or relapsing than I do of someone falling prey. My, my stepfather lives in a nursing home in New York and is healthier than those people who took their own lives because they couldn't handle the yeah, stress. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Well, I'm glad you're putting those messages out there, that wisdom out there, because uh, again, and I've realized it might take a little push on the news media locally or nationally because they get, you know, well, that, my, my that brothers was and what sisters I, in the news media get attached to the, this is the headlines, this is what we're covering. So, so, so yeah, let's talk about that a little for a moment. What I've noticed as well, and this isn't, I'm not, this is not, is a nonpartisan statement. The news makes money when people watch them. And I don't care what side of the aisle you are, there are people who glue themselves to the news. And when there's crazy stuff going on, people glue even more. What was upsetting to me besides the fact that people are losing their minds and that is what also drives some of the mental health issues, the addiction issues and all of that because they're being inundated with all this negativity because no one, no one would tune in if it said 70 degrees and sunny, as you know. Tony Robbins, when he did Breakthrough, remember that show? It yeah. aired twice <laughs> because, because it wasn't dramatic enough. It wasn't... It, it, it wasn't so, solutions, right? Right. So when this whole thing started, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, this is going to be, you know, a great opportunity for the personal development world to get some exposure because there are going to be so many people in need. And there's practically no, like nobody talking about that. And when it is, that's the small segment, but they'll spend, you know, hours of, you know, otherness that is stuff that actually doesn't serve. That's a good point. No, I uh, can't really can't really argue with you. I mean, one thought that comes to mind for me is that, you know, what's going on in this country right now, a lot of people are saying, you're not paying attention to my struggle or to what I'm going through. And so when the news media covers these challenging stories about people going through challenging times, they are paying attention to what people are going through. It'd be nice if they could offer some solutions, you know, I don't think I don't think I'm not going to say they're like, milking it for the the drama like oh here's a tragedy we're gonna throw it at you no i i don't think it's i think it's systemic i don't think it's like that they're consciously doing it i think that it it just it it's the what you know and i hate this term the new normal it's just what happens when you're in that it's just the ras you know it's just it's just what they're looking at it's not you know i i would like to believe just like they're well-meaning doctors who prescribe drugs, right? They, I get it. Journalists, news providers provide news and they know what's the old term, the cliche, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Well, I will also say, I mean, you know, I guess maybe this will reveal my politics, but I think if there are powerful and power-hungry forces at work in our nation, and if we just look the other way and don't cover what's going on, uh, that would allow people to take advantage of innocent, lesser, less powered people. So the, my only, and I, I agree with you. And the only thing that I would add is I think that the, it is not one organization, one person, one side who has that power, yields that power or wants that power. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I do agree with you actually. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, and that's a real challenge. And, and to be honest, that's what I see is so sad about what's happening right now, that the people who are asking to be acknowledged for their pain, I get, I believe, I support, I'm 100%. I don't want anyone to feel pain. I believe that um, there are people who are benefiting from that focus as right. opposed to looking at what a real issue, what the real issues are. Like, instead of going like, well, how do we get here? Like what we, things have changed. What is going on? Cause we have progressed. I believe that the world for the, for the most part have, has moved some from the fifties, from the sixties. I believe that m there are more people who are celebrating the equality than back then. Yeah. There's always going to be people who don't appreciate or understand people. Right, right. That's, that's the right. issue. Right. Well, that's a good point. I, I What's going mean. on spiritually? And, and like not to, to – I believe that some of this is because we've taken out the conversation of what like, you know, dare I say, you know, I'm not particularly religious. I grew up Catholic. But all sort of, for the most part, all religions – had at least a guide map of some moral, you know, were there, are they perfect books? No, I'm not suggesting, you know, again, take what works, remove what's missing or, you know, remove what's not helping. Nothing is perfect, but there are some benefits to the golden rules. Treat others like you want to be treated. You know, all these basic tenets that when we took out the, when we was like, when we made it like, oh, you're infringing on my rights to whatever. I'm like, well, no, I'm, I'm literally just using, that happens to be in there. There's an example. <laughs> it works. Right. Like, right. No, I, I agree. You know, like it, it's, I mean, it's in, it's in the 10 commandments, you know, thou shall not kill. Period. <clears throat> well, somebody, somebody would probably say, well, if you look at, the Christian wars hundreds of years ago, some people were killed. <laughs> That's my point. It's never going to leave, but that doesn't mean that there isn't something good in there. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like yes. I, I yeah. use the NRA as an example. Full disclosure, I'm not an NRA member, but I am a gun owner. Now, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know the NRA deep inside, but I got to believe that the NRA is not sitting there going, ooh, you know, it'd be great. Let's make sure that we can kill random people by making sure guns are everywhere. No, their belief is, is that from their perspective is that you have the right to defend yourself. Yeah. Period. Like, like I'm, let's not get into the minutia of what weaponry and all of that. We can, that's a separate conversation, but just the fact that their belief behind it is, and they're afraid. And again, this happens on both sides that if you take away one, right, then slowly you're going to take away more. I believe that people who believe that guns are bad and that people shouldn't have them also want the same thing. Right. Protection. They want people to be healthy and not get shot. Right. 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 And if at least we could start and they, and they also there. Want the protection of their rights. They all want their rights to be preserved. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the, the balance. So what if we focus more on the purpose and then we could agree that we both want the same thing instead of making mm -hmm. someone wrong for having a different process. Because to me, that's like getting mad at someone for wanting to take the scenic route instead of getting on the parkway. Like, right. No, it, you have a great point. I, uh, I often tell people, you know, you, you spent so much time with the Tony Robbins organization. I often tell people about that video that Tony did 
on the morning of 9-11 at one of his uh, seminars where there was an Arab young man yeah. and an is- Israeli young man. And it's like, these planes just took down the World Trade Center. And, you know, it's like, could people, could these two people ever see anything in common? It's like, wow, it's amazing. They found some common ground. Like, that's amazing. That's the game changer. And, and that is where I believe like you and I and, and people in this world, that's our duty is to do our best to expose those types of things, those opportunities that it's okay to disagree. That doesn't, you know, the, the worst thing that you and I can do is demonize someone for having a differing opinion. And it makes me sad when I see people on Facebook share something like that. Well, if you don't agree with me, then feel free, defriend me. Don't talk, uh, you know, I, I'm right. like, well, <laughs> right. I would never do that to you if you disagreed with me. I, I love you and respect you. And just because we have a different opinion doesn't make you wrong. You see things one way, I see things another. I'm not right. It's just my belief. Right. And that may right. change. It always has. I, my beliefs are dynamic. You know, there are certain beliefs I have that are fundamental and some that I go, man, if, this, if, if it doesn't serve me, if I don't feel good when I believe that, then I'm going to look at it and go, well, maybe there's something else I could believe. Mm-hmm. 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 And I wish that for, you know, people right now, for humanity, that, that we can, and, you know, you shared that earlier about the compassion. I also think that a lot of that could also be, directed inwards, like compassionate for yourself, because I think that sometimes we get stubborn in our opinions and then we're afraid to change because we're afraid of what other people are going to say, or it's different than, than what I thought I was, who I thought I was, what I believed, because we've gotten so much into, and, and dare I say, identity politics. Then the, the name of that alone is already so damaging. That is not who right. you are. Right. Well, I would also say, I don't you know, again, I don't want to take up too much time on your show here, but um, the uh, when you mentioned compassion directed inward, I think of suicide, the epidemic mm-hmm. of suicide. A lot of people, they just envision that tomorrow could never possibly be better. And I think that because things are changing and because we do have more and more opportunity literally every day and enough people around us, if we find them, sometimes it's hard to find them, but I do believe there are people who will support us in you know, bringing our vision forward so that we should have that compassion directed inward because, uh, you know, suicide is a major problem in our world right now. I mean, I, I've shared it before that that's why I'm here. That's, you know, I, uh, when I lost my, my career in music and my thing, you know, my marriage, everything, I lost everything. Um, as I shared, I'm a gun owner uh, of a 357 Magnum that uh, I just fell to my knees and I was ready to, I was ready to pull the trigger. And was, I, I felt like, uh, this is, why bother? Like, this is crazy. I got nothing now. I'm living at my mom's house. I mean, fortunately, she wasn't living there at the time, but um, I, I'm, you know, living at mommy's. I have no job. I have no prospects. My, you know, the career, my music is gone there's no it's like changed forever what's the point here i gotta i'm basically i gotta start over like who am i and um you know by having a little compassion and gratitude is what started to make that shift and i started thinking about and i did it in that weekend um i mean well that that day it wasn't that weekend it was this was in july um i made a decision to um to do a basket brigade again and i didn't have any money but i fed 55 families that uh thanksgiving um, I didn't personally, I raised the money and I got the group together and, and all of that. But 
It was coming from, a, you know, being grateful for what I had, not what I didn't have. And that's such a, you know, simple, again, simple, but not easy. You know, right now, you just said there's tons of opportunities. Instead of being pissed off at what's going on, what if you could get grateful for the fact that there are opportunities? Get grateful for the friends that you do have. Are there going to be some people that don't like you? Maybe. Who knows? You're only going to know if you're looking for it, right? Right. What is your algorithm looking for? Is it looking for evidence of anger, fear, frustration, bitterness, right? Or is it looking for evidence of love, gratitude, peace, happiness, joy, laughter? And, and again, you know, to, to end on, on that note is that that's what, again, I love about you is you're always positive, supportive, everything, and your bigger picture of helping people spread that. Which is, oh, thank you. which is tremendous. Well, it makes, it makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it should. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's nice. So win, 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 as they say, no question. Yeah. Thank so, you. Or, and if we go win, 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 right? So we have yeah. a win-win and then this goes out there and then someone else has a win that then when they have a win, they go, oh man, look what I, look what I was able yeah. to do. You could do it too and then pay it forward. Yeah, and I do, I do feel that that's really going on these days. More and more people waking up, oh, I can be supportive of others. And I can notice those people, they, they've been having a hard time for years, but I just noticed that. And that's great. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful there's kind of an awakening going on. So it's, it's interesting. Amen, brother. Well, um, as we wrap up, is there any final, any books that you've been reading that you recommend, any uh, programs that you've been excited about? And again, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. Um, well, again, I'm always up for conversations, Zoom, phone, email, Facebook, um, uh, Tom at Tom Martin Media. And you can look in my, my business page on Facebook is Tom Martin Media LLC. Um, so look for me there. Um, one thing I've been enjoying lately, speaking of, you know, the Tony Robbins organization, you mentioned his name earlier. I've been doing some work with Jarek Robbins in mm-hmm. recent uh, weeks and months. And for a number of weeks now, every Friday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, he offers a free webinar. It's called the Small Business Owners Survival Kit. <clears throat> Survival Kit, excuse me. And for me, it's been really helpful because I am one of those people who, uh, I don't want to put that label on me. It's like, I'll always be that way. But. I just was more, I've always been more interested in the work itself and having adventures and getting interesting people. So I didn't really manage uh, the finances of my work very well, to be perfectly honest with you. And so it's really what I need to hear as far as distinctions and way to look at things and how to pivot. And it's not boring financial right. strategies. It's, it's, it's about service. It's about paying attention to what you're offering and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's, you know, but, uh, but I've been getting a lot out of that and this mastermind group. And like I said, I awesome. run a mastermind group. So if anyone wants to join us for free, uh, free call on Zoom, there's a lot of you know interesting people. Maybe How do you get access to that? Speak to our group. Um, just send me an email, and I'll send you an uh, invitation. Okay. Maybe you'd like to speak, speak to our group sometime. I know Anytime. they can learn a lot. Of course. From you. I mean, anything I do to serve, I, I I probably know some of them. Right? I know Frank. I know uh, Joseph. <laughs> and actually, I don't know if you remember from the New York Power Team, Carol Froelich Hall. Uh, who uh, is a documentary filmmaker. She was an opera singer. She's a Tony Robbins coach right now, but she, she, she did contract the virus. And so she has a story of overcoming that and beautiful that kind of uncertainty. So but there's a lot of interesting people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I should say I do, I do know one person who contracted it, my very good friend of mine's son. Um, and he's, you know, he's fine now, but he's like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal at first. Um, 
Oh, and Marshall Silver had it too. Uh, he oh. talked about it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely some interesting times we're in and it's our, our, you know, purpose to support people in overcoming their relationship with what's going on out there. Cause we can't change what's going on out there. All we can do is change ourselves, our relationship with it. And that is going to change the world. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. I love what you're doing. So thanks for making time for me. Oh, dude, always. It's a, the, the privilege <laughs> is mine. I love you for who you are and who you aren't. And uh, I will obviously uh, send uh, some, some cool referrals to you. I'll get you on the, the phone with some people and um, looking you. forward to, to more rock with you. Okay. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. My best to your family and to your lovely little daughter. She's so thank cute. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Doug. Good to see you. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.